talk about recessions is really a concern about uncertainty, which is something you and I encounter and have to navigate every single day. Hello, 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 and welcome to More Than Money, a podcast where we have nuanced conversations about money, business, and life, where we take the time to explore the human side of money because success with money is never just about the numbers. I'm your host, Jacquette Timmons, and I am really, really glad that you are here with me today. So before we dive into today's episode, I've got a question for you. What's a common piece of financial wisdom that you've been told to practice, but you can never make it stick? Well, if you said creating and sticking with a budget, you are not alone. But I believe the reason it isn't working for a lot of people, and maybe even including you, is because you are creating it based on upon how you want to ideally say that you are spending your money, rather than perhaps on how you need to spend your money. But a bigger issue is this. You might think that a budget is all about the numbers. And it's not just a reflection of the numbers, it's a reflection of your priorities. So if you are one of those people who does indeed have a hard time creating and sticking with a budget and that's something that you really want to do, get clearer about your priorities. And if you need help doing that, well then let's chat whether it's you know the priorities that you have in your business or the priorities that you have in your personal life and finances. You can tell me about what's going on and where and why you think you might be stuck. I can tell you what I am hearing. And if we decide that working together makes sense, well, then we can talk about what those next steps are. So send me a DM on Instagram and just say discovery call, and then we will get you the link so that we can schedule some time to chat and we'll take it from there. In the meantime, let's dive into today's show. Now, perhaps I'm being a bit cynical, but recently I saw a post on social media and the message on the post was recession proofing your business. And when I read that, my first reaction was, hmm, that's interesting. And this is why I had that reaction. According to the Euro, U.S., I should say, Bureau of Labor Statistics, the annual inflation rate in March of 2023 was 5%. Yes, it is still high compared to what it was at the start of the COVID pandemic, yet it is a number that reflects a downward trend for now the ninth consecutive period. And as I shared when I talked about recessions last summer in episode 135, the National Bureau of Economic Research defines a recession as a significant decline in economic activity that is spread across the economy and lasts more than a few months. And by the way, they are the ones, the NBER, that determine when a recession starts and when it ends. And so with all of that, it would seem that our economy actually is not in a decline when you consider that 5% number that I just quoted in terms of the inflation rate, the downward trend of the annual inflation rate, the current unemployment rate of 3.5%, and the fact that the black unemployment rate is 5%, the lowest it has ever been, 
and that the 30-year fixed mortgage rate is currently 6.68%. So no, it's not you know the 2 or 3% that people got comfortable with, but it's also lower than what it was at the end of 2020. Now I share all of that and I don't mean to in doing so you know, give off this impression that I am bypassing the fact that things are not where they were before COVID. I mean, heck, my purse too <laughs> has been affected by how much the cost of living has increased in the last few years. Yet, as I record this episode, it is also true that the economy is not as dire as it was in 2020. So given those data points that I've just shared, I was really perplexed and unable to discern, well, what was the intent of this person using the phrasing recession proofing? Was the use of the words a scare tactic? Was it a clever, timely, attention-grabbing marketing angle? Because clearly it grabbed my attention. I'm talking about it with you here. Or was it something else? But there's something, speaking of something else, there's something else though to my, hmm, this is interesting reaction because it also fell into the category of me thinking, this is just noise. And that's important because there is a tremendous amount of financial noise that you and I have to wade through in order to have clarity of mind to feel confident about the choices that we are making. And believe it or not, I didn't just make up the term financial noise to suit the purposes of my message today. According to Investopedia, noise refers to information or activity that confuses or mi misrepresents genuine underlying trends. In financial markets, noise can include small price corrections in the market, as well as price fluctuations, i.e. volatility, and all of that distorts the overall trend. So whether it's financial noise along with stock market noise, those are technical terms that are used in the industry and are sometimes used to describe a type of trader. But today, I am taking a little bit of creative liberty to share other ways that I believe financial noise can show up for you. And along the way, I am also going to offer some suggestions on how to counter the negative effects of that noise. So the first thing I wanted to talk about is an information overload. Where do you turn for guidance and help when you have a question or a challenge on how to manage your personal finances or even your business finances? And if this question sounds a little familiar, it's likely because you've taken a workshop of mine as it is a part of the pre-session questionnaire. So who, what, or where are the sources of your information, your inspiration, and your action? And as you reflect on what comes to mind for you, is what you are hearing from different sources, is that complementary or are the views opposing? Are you listening to experts or so-called experts? In order to minimize the noise of information overload, you need to be discerning about your sources, the who, what, and where, so that you aren't unknowingly pushed off your own game plan because of this noise in the form of information overload that you've just taken in. So that's one. A second is lacking a decision-making framework. I am known for saying many things, including, Having a choice is not the same as making a choice. 
And despite the many tools that are available to help improve the speed at which and the quality of the decisions you make, does it sometimes feel harder to actually make a decision? Well, if you said yes, I wouldn't be surprised. What I've discovered and observed is that if you don't have or follow any rules to guide what you will say yes or no or hold to, and if you don't have a way to get to that yes, no, or hold, you run the risk of actually not making a decision. So for example, what might those rules look like? It might look like making a list of possible solutions and options. It might look like creating a, a list of pros and cons, like a little table, a tea table, so that you can identify the risks that you are willing and unwilling to take. It might be creating a timeline for both gathering information and then setting a deadline by which to make a decision. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be elaborate. But without a decision-making framework, you actually limit your ability to reverse engineer. How did you arrive at the choices that you've made or are making? Plus, you run the risk of evaluating the validity of your choices purely based on the outcome and not also based on the process that influenced the outcome. So having rules and following a process is how you actually minimize the noise of distractions and procrastination. You know, the two things that can frequently get in the way of even the best decision maker from time to time. And here's a third, clutter. Who would figure, right? But clutter can reveal itself in a variety of ways. It can be visually, so think your social media grid. It can be physically, digitally, mentally, or emotionally. And when it comes to money, it shows up. And how do you handle or don't financial statements and notifications and decisions, and sometimes even purchases? Yes, clutter too is a form of financial noise because of how its presence can block your ability to see and think clearly. Noise in whatever form it takes and however it shows up tends to cause confusion and frustration. But from my perspective, your job and mine, it isn't actually to block out the noise around you. It is to acknowledge it, its existence and to be aware of what financial noise is for you. What does it usually look like? What does it usually feel like? And then creating buffers to turn down the volume of that noise. Now, going back to that social media post, I don't know what the intent of the person who posted that piece on social media about recession-proofing your business, I don't know what their intent was, but... If you are concerned about a possible recession and how it might affect your business, your life, and money, please keep these things in mind. We've had seven recessions in the last 52 years in the U.S. Though painful, recessions are natural. And everything in business and life and with money and the economy, it ebbs and flows. But really, underneath any talk about a looming recession is really a concern about uncertainty. But the truth of the matter is uncertainty is a part of life. 
And it is something that you and I encounter and have to navigate every single day. So instead of fearing a possible recession, aim to be as prepared as possible as you manage the uncertainty, especially when you also need to counter the negative effects of financial noise. And if you're wondering, hmm, well, how do I do that? Well, here are three quick suggestions. One, increase your cash on hand. If you are really concerned about the possibility of a recession this year or next, increase the amount that you are setting aside for a rainy day. Maybe even create a recession bucket that you add to every single time that you get paid. Next, lead with your goals. It's important to know your goals. It's even more important that you know the financial component of them because that is what influences how you manage your cash flow and make decisions about how to manage the monies that you've set aside for your goals. Do you keep those funds liquid or do you invest them? And this is also how you start to adjust and manage your cash flow and investment approach in response to your recession concerns. And here's the third and final one. If it is at all possible, stay invested. If you are in the market, stay invested through the stock market's ups and downs. I saw the crash of 1987 up close and personal. I've seen a few other ones in between. And of course, I've seen the one of 2008. And if there is one consistent takeaway that I've observed from all of them, it is this. Those who had cash on hand and led with their goals, they suffered mostly paper losses and they were able to stay invested in the market and ride the wave back up. Also, they're the ones that felt financially confident about their choices, even amidst the chaos. So if you are looking for a solution that will help you to feel financially safe in any economic environment or climate, including one possibly headed toward a recession, lower the volume of the financial noise in your life. Well, that is it for today, folks. As always, thank you so much for listening all the way until the end. And if you are watching and joining us on YouTube, thank you for doing that. And before you hop from either your podcast platform or YouTube, if today's episode sparked an aha or a reflection, I would love to hear more. So please send me a DM on Instagram. And if you'd like to explore working with me and my private one-on-one coaching practice, then send me a DM on Instagram. Again, just say discovery call and we'll get you, you know, squared away and taken care of. So once more, thank you for listening today. If you'd like to show appreciation for this podcast and or this particular episode, please share it so that we can reach more people. And if you happen to be on Apple Podcasts, please, you know, take a minute to leave a rating and a review uh, because we do read them, A, and that's how, you know, the, the things that track such batters know that people are interested in what I have to say. And similarly, if you are watching this on YouTube, also please leave a comment and, you know, hit a little button and say, yay. And if you'd like to buy me a coffee, here's how you can do that. Go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash jacquette, buymeacoffee.com forward slash jacquette. I'll be back again with another episode and I hope you will too. Until then, remember, it's about 
more than money.